Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come to you this morning. We are thankful to be in your house, to be reminded of your love, to be reminded of your protection. Lord, it has been a difficult week, and yet we know you are a faithful God. You have been faithful, you will continue to be faithful, and we are thankful for that. Lord, as we quiet our hearts this morning to listen to your word, to hear your word, to sing your praises, may our hearts be open. May our hearts hear the message you have for us through your word. May it change our lives. May it remind us, Lord, that you are there. Every step we take, that you are there. You have not walked away. You have not turned your back. And that you love us so. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's passage is out of Lamentations chapter 3. And if you're following along, we're going to do a little jump. There will be a little bit of jumping, so. Just giving you a heads up. Uh, Lamentations 3, verse 17. It says, I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I have hoped for from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember, I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet thus I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in him, and to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Verse 31, For men are not cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. Verse 39, Why should any living man complain when punished for his sins? Let us examine our ways and test them. Let us return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven and say, We have sinned and rebelled, and you have not forgiven. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word this morning. Children teach us lots of interesting things, uh, keep us on our toes, so to speak. I've noticed that... uh, As my own kids grew up, I had to be forced to learn some things that I maybe really didn't want to learn because uh, kids kept asking me questions about something or another. And of course, that continues to be true uh, as we have grandchildren or as we have children that we interact with uh, in the church or in our community or wherever that may go. Uh, Today, I want to ask uh, some childhood questions about this thing called faithfulness. And the Bible talks about faithfulness in a lot of different places. 
in the last several weeks, I've been in some Sunday school classes, I've been talking with people, and the theme faithfulness kept coming up uh, several times in a row. And so I thought, well, maybe I should look at what exactly is faithfulness and how does faithfulness impact in our life, faithfulness of God towards us, and our faithfulness to one another. And so bear with me this morning as we look at some of those childhood questions about this theme of faithfulness. Lamentations is probably the last place you would think of to uh, hear a sermon from on a Sunday morning. Uh, I think this is the first time I've ever spoke from the book of Lamentations and 46 years of preaching, but I found this passage in Lamentations that spoke about faithfulness and how God's faithfulness really changes our life. So the first question would be, when does God show his faithfulness? My grandchildren are always saying, when are we going to get there, Granddad? When are we going to get there? We went to Niagara Falls the other day. When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? Well, when is God going to show his faithfulness to us? I think in verses 17 and 18 in this passage that we've read from Lamentations this morning, it talks about that God shows his faithfulness to us when we are in most desperate need of it, when we're deprived of peace, uh, when prosperity seems to go away. Uh, when hope seems to be lost, then God is right there to help us and to show us, reveal to us his faithfulness. So God shows us his faithfulness when uh, we need it the most. I remember when uh, my brothers and I, all three of us, had cancer. And uh, the first question that came to our minds as we talked about this, we said, what in the world is God doing? You know, where's God's faithfulness? We've been faithful to God over the years. And uh, why in the world is this happening to us? Well, it didn't take long for us to get over that question and get on to the next one, and that was, I wonder how God is going to show his faithfulness in the process of us uh, living with this cancer and hopefully uh, living through this cancer. You know, whenever the, whenever the good times are around, when things are all going just great, uh, we don't really think much about God's faithfulness, but it's in those times whenever we're deprived of that peace and prosperity and that hope that God sends his faithfulness to us. And then the second question, how does God help us to celebrate his faithfulness? Now this one seems to be counterintuitive. Uh, it's it, remembering previous difficulties. It's during that remembering previous difficulties, that, uh, that we remember God's faithfulness. You know, things might be going great, and uh, this verse, 19 and 20, seems to tell us, well, in the midst of that greatness, remember my affliction and my wandering, my bitterness, the gall and the downcastness of my soul within me. So right in the midst of the difficulties, he's saying to remember uh, God's faithfulness. Over the years, I've worked for several different farmers in the community where I grew up, and it seemed to me that uh, farmers were pretty good at this. You know, they could have the best prices that they'd had in 15, 20 years for their crops. Uh, they could have, you know, uh, the, the, the greatest quantity of crops. The, the yields were exceptionally high. And what do they remember? They remember... Oh, I remember back in 42, you know, the price was only, you know, this, and we barely broke even. Or I remember back in 57 when it, you know, was drought all year and nothing grew. So in the middle of all the greatness of their high yields and high prices, they're thinking about those previous years when things didn't go so well. 
And I think uh, that's what the fellow here in Lamentations, Jeremiah, wrote in Lamentations. That's what he's trying to get across, is whenever uh, things are going good, it's then that we need to look back and see God's faithfulness. And most of the farmers I worked for were Christians, and so they would talk about how God was faithful and brought them through those times of low prices and, uh, and uh, very poor yields on their crops. And then the third question, why do we see God's faithfulness so clearly in our lives? Why do we see that? God wants to reveal himself to us. God is desperate that we know him. He knows that for us to know him is the greatest joy of our life, and so he wants to reveal himself to us, and he does that best as he reveals his faithfulness so clearly in our lives. I think one of the most clear examples of God's faithfulness in our life, and probably many of you, is when your children were born. If you have children, you, you saw that process, you know, for nine months you lived with this process that we're going to have a baby. And uh, some of it was up and some of it was down, and it seemed like an awful lot of time it was down. And so when the baby finally came, you said, whoa, this is great, you know. Great is your faithfulness. God carries you through that process uh, and the baby is born, and you, sh you sense God's love and compassion through that child uh, in a way that you're, you were not able to before. Just as that child is 100% dependent on you as a parent or, or as, on the parents, uh, so we are 100% dependent on God, and it's in recognizing that great love and his never-failing compassion as uh, verse 21 and 22 say, because of the Lord's great love, for his compassion never fails. And then a couple other verses add to us, and add to that in verse 31 and 32, it tells us that even though we feel lost at times, and alone at times, especially perhaps when we're grieving the loss of a loved one, God's unfailing love and his special compassion soon become real to us in the midst of our difficulties. Verse 33 reminds us, God is not willingly bringing affliction or grief to his children. But rather these problems of grief and, and affliction come to us because of the sinfulness of the world around us. Our own sin or the sin of others or the natural sinful nature of the fallen world around us bring us many afflictions, but God is not willingly bringing these afflictions upon us. But he helps us to grow through those afflictions, seeing his faithfulness being supplied to us in the midst of those difficult times. In the New Testament, Peter writes it a little more clearly. He says in 2 Peter 3.9, God is not slow as we imagine slowness, and in another place he says, for a thousand years are but a day in God's sight. But anyhow, God's not slow in responding, but he's patiently waiting for us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and faith in him. So God is there patiently waiting for us to come and respond to him and see his great faithfulness. Another question, who will help us to find God's faithfulness? Verse 23 and 24 say, The faithfulness is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is my portion where I'll find his faithfulness. To the extent that we seek the Lord, to the extent that we are open to God's Spirit in our life, to that extent we will see God's faithfulness coming to us. And this faithfulness is granted new every morning. God dependably works on our life day after day. He doesn't give up on us. God doesn't take a day off for himself. Years ago, my dad was a foreman on the highway crew that worked on Interstate 79, and and there were always some people who seems just wouldn't be faithful in showing up for work. And he said it really made it hard for him to plan work because he'd plan work that took 10 guys and only you know six of them show up. Then it made it awful hard to get that work done, and it made it awfully hard on the other six that did show up. Fortunately, God isn't like that, is he? God shows up every morning. Great is his faithfulness. It's new every morning. And then to whom is God granting his faithfulness? God grants his faithfulness to all humanity in the general sense. Uh, John Calvin called it provenient grace. That's, that's the gift of life and health and strength, the gift of the sunshine, the gift of the rain, uh, the fertileness of the soil, the provision of food and even oxygen that we breathe. Uh, God gives all humanity some degree of his faithfulness. He keeps the world running. Uh, he, Jesus is part of that process and the mystery of the Trinity. He sustains all things by the word of his power, it says in the scripture. Verse 25 and 26 tell us, though, that some people get special attention from the Lord. It says, the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, the one who seeks him, and the one who waits quietly for the salvation of the Lord. At the end of this last school year, we went over to West Springfield, or I guess it's North Springfield, where two of our grandchildren go to, uh, to uh, elementary school, and they always have a closing program for the school, and had, you know, all 150 or 200 kids or whatever there are in that school, they all had their little part to play, you know, and and they got up on the stage and sang their songs or did their skits or plays or whatever. And you know, it was interesting that uh, people would sit in their seats until what would happen? Till their child got up. And then they'd jump and run up there in the front with their cameras and they'd be taking pictures. And they wouldn't take pictures of the whole group of kids. They'd come right up there and get right at the, right at the one they're wanting. And w w what was the one they were looking for? They were looking for their own child. They were treating their own child in a special way. And we don't think anything of it. I mean, that's what parents do and grandparents and, and so on when things like that go on. Well, that's the way God is too. God is our parent. He loves us and he wants to have special treatment for those who what? He says for those who seek him, for those who put their hope in him, for those who wait quietly for him and for his salvation. And so if you fit into that situation, you have the special attention of God, his special parental love in your life. God gives everybody some of his faithfulness, but he gives many others special faithfulness to those who seek him because they are his family. 
And then Lamentations goes on to tell us that uh, we have a part to play in God granting his faithfulness to us. And what part do we have to play in that? In the last few verses we read, there's a couple of uh, things that we should do and we shouldn't do as far as, uh, as receiving God's faithfulness. Uh, one thing we shouldn't do is complain, he says in verse 39. Uh, we shouldn't complain, uh, but uh, remember that as we believe and trust in God's faithfulness, he reveals it to us. John 3.18 says, Whoever believes is not condemned, but whoever doesn't believe is condemned already because he doesn't believe in God's one and only Son. So we don't complain uh, if God someday puts us aside, if we've spent our whole lifetime putting God aside uh, and haven't sought him, haven't reached out to him in the name of Jesus, then, uh, then we will be put aside as well. But if we belong to God's special family, when we ask Jesus to come and live in our life, and when we ask him to forgive our sins, and when we accept what he's done for us by his death and by his resurrection, then God accepts us into his family and extends to us his wonderful faithfulness that's new every day. And how do we do that? Verse 40 tells us, encourages us to examine our ways. Let us examine our ways and test them and return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to the God in heaven. It's hard to examine ourselves. I have an older brother who gave his testimony quite often publicly, so I'm not saying anything he wouldn't say. But he said he had the hardest time believing in God and God's faithfulness because of all the evil and trouble that he saw. He was in Vietnam War, spent a couple of three years there in that place. And all the atrocities that he was in and he was part of, he just couldn't see that God could have been faithful through any of that. But then he came to the place where he was able to examine his life. He, he lifted up his heart and his attitude to the Lord, and he saw that it was on his part that the trouble was, not on God's part. And he lifted up his hands and his deeds that he had done, awful as they were, to the Lord, and he saw that they were sinful, and yet God was faithful to forgive him. And uh, he then lived the last 25 years of his life celebrating God's faithfulness and God's forgiveness in his life. It's hard to examine ourselves, but that's what the writer tells us to do. Lift up our hearts, lift up our hands before God in heaven, and allow him to expose our sin, our sinful deeds, our sinful thoughts, our sinful, sinful attitudes. And then, when we see that, then we can do, as verse 42 says, it even gives us the prayer to offer to God. We have sinned and rebelled, and uh, then ask him for forgiveness. Isaiah chapter 6, the writer, or the, uh, the uh, prophet Isaiah, had a vision of God in heaven. And when he saw that vision, when he lifted up his hands, when he lifted up his heart in worship, and he saw a vision of God, then, his, then he cried out, Woe is me! I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. 
Then one of the angels flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. You and I don't have to wait to see a vision of angels. Uh, We don't have to wait for an angel to come and put a live coal on our lips to uh, have us find forgiveness. But rather, in the New Testament, we can find that forgiveness in what Jesus has already done. His death upon the cross uh, paid the penalty. Our sins are atoned for, the, the theological word is. And so we can rejoice that all we have to do is to lift up our hands and praise then to God for what he's done and give him our hearts and find his faithfulness to be new every morning. Today's the day to act on that if you have not yet acted on uh, that gift of God's faithfulness and forgiveness. If you have already, if you've asked Jesus to forgive you and come and live in your heart, then you need to take what we've talked about faithfulness and apply it to your interaction with other people. So when should I show my faithfulness to other people? I should show my faithfulness to others when they need it the most, like God does for us. How, does God, how, how should I celebrate uh, faithfulness? I should celebrate it uh, with people when they need it the most, in the good times, but especially in the difficult times. Why should I show faithfulness to other people? Because God has shown faithfulness to me. And his great love and his compassion never fail. My love and my compassion for others should not fail. Who will help others find faithfulness? You and I will be the ones who help them to find faithfulness. They, many times people can't find it on their own. People seek uh, faithfulness in all kinds of stuff, don't they? And drug and alcohol and you, know, you name it, they treat a, try to find it there love and faithfulness and those kinds of people, but they won't find it. So you and I help, help them to find faithfulness by being faithful towards them. God is granting his faithfulness to us, then we need to grant our faithfulness to other people. God doesn't do it because we deserve it, does he? <laughs> if we waited until we could deserve God's faithfulness, we'd never have it. And so that's the same way with our relationship with other people. Uh, Your friend may not deserve your faithfulness, but you can still grant it to them. Invite them to be part of your family. Invite them to be part of God's family of faithfulness. What part do we play in sharing faithfulness in the world around us? That's a question that everybody here has to answer for themselves. What am I going to do to show God's faithfulness and show my faithfulness to the ones closest to me, husband, wife, children, but also faithfulness to others further away, faithfulness to a neighbor, faithfulness to someone at work or to our employer, whatever it might be. We belong to God's special family because Jesus has shown us his faithfulness, and we can share that faithfulness with those around us. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we're thankful today for your great love and faithfulness, that your compassion never fails, and that it is new every morning. And this day, this celebration day of worship, we come to you 
to worship you because of your great love and faithfulness. We pray, Lord, today if there's one here who hasn't yet experienced that faithfulness or they're struggling with your faithfulness, may your Spirit speak to them even in this hour. And may those of us who have, by your grace and mercy, experienced that faithfulness, may we share that faithfulness readily and freely with those around us. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.